Welcome to Paradigm Shift, the podcast about the intersection of business and law. By changing yourself, you can change your business. Now, here's your host, Christina Martini. Welcome to Paradigm Shift. My name is Christina Martini, and I am your host as we explore the intersection of business and law. Today, we are going to continue our conversation with an amazing person who is a therapist, pro athlete, mindset coach, motivational speaker, author, and educator about the asset management skills training that we cannot afford to live without. She will tell us all about how to preserve, protect, and promote our greatest assets, energy, focus, memory, mood, clarity, and motivation. Her business, Diamond Mind Strategies, provides mental fitness and nutritional psychology coaching, which allows her clients to master four of life's quadrants, mind, body, career, and romance. It's a privilege to welcome Ava Diamond back to the show. Thank you so much. So in our last segment, we talked a lot about the statistics around addiction, depression, stress, and what some of the symptoms are and how they manifest in people's lives. And I would love to now kick off the second part of our conversation to really take a closer look at some of the ways that you have experienced being effective in terms of coaching clients and organizations that you work with on how to reduce chronic stress, reducing the symptoms, as well as maybe being able to address what causes the stress in a bit of a different way so that there isn't such an impact um, with regard to chronic stress. Great. Thank you. I really appreciate that because I am so passionate about helping people to understand you know, really what the underlying and most effective measures are for elevating their life experience and being able to perform with wellness together. Um, a lot of times performance and wellness coaching are separate entities. And what I offer tends to be the hybrid between those two things. So through wellness, taking care of yourself with mental and fitness and nutritional psychology strategies, you consequently will improve your performance ability. So just to, to start really quick, we talked about in the first segment about that work-life balance thing. And the very first thing that I tend to do when I'm working with a firm is to redefine a lot of the more commonly held understandings of terms like that. So work-life balance, the first thing I do is say most of the time, the definition that we think of that has been taught to us is a setup for failure. It's almost impossible to to predict how much effort you're going to have to put in, especially in the legal realm, to a workday on specific days. And the idea that if you don't get home and tend to your family, you know, at six o'clock, and then also fit in your exercise and, and all the other things that are supposed to be part of work-life balance, that you're not balanced. It, it, I like people to have a broader view. So it's just like with weight loss. If you were to get on the scale every single day, if your goal was to lose weight, and you were to get on the scale every single day, you would get very frustrated 
because you wouldn't see the numbers moving necessarily as fast as you would like. And if it were moving quickly, it would be because you're doing something unhealthy to lose weight, frankly. So what I tell people to do with weight loss, even though that's not the direction I go in with most clients, is to go on the scale once a week. And then you're going to get an accurate measure of how much weight you lose. And you won't make yourself kind of crazy and kooky about the numbers that could go up or down throughout the week, the days before. The same thing is true with work-life balance. Look at the whole week and sometimes the whole month, because what I urge people to consider is quality versus quantity. When you have quality time, let's say you have Friday nights with your kids no matter what, the idea is that you take all your electronics and you toss them aside so you're not getting the emails or the text messages from work. And you have very focused time with your children. That quality time has so much greater of an impact than being stressed out and rushing home and rushing through dinner and saying that you had dinner with your kids and then being on the phone or getting on your laptop or get. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it, it, it totally makes sense. I mean, it, I would imagine that it, as every year goes by, it's harder and harder to do that because there's so many sources of stimuli around us. And if we don't draw those boundaries, it just gets incredibly difficult to do that. Right. And so quality versus quantity sometimes gives people the freedom to disconnect and focus more on that work-life balance component. So if it's going to the gym and they, you know, they can't fit in working out four days out of the week or five days out of the week, but on the weekends they can go and just have a great workout and feel good, but they disconnect from email and, you know, and they really focus on fitness in that hour, that's going to be better for them. And and you're talking to a fitness competitor, right? That's going to be better than for them than going, you know, six days a week and checking their emails in between sets. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. In terms of chronic stress. So you actually, as as part of the work that you do with your clients, it's multifaceted. It's a very sophisticated framework. You draw from a lot of experience that you've had over the years. Can you just touch upon, you know, one of the components is mental fitness exercises. And then another component are, um, it relates to nutritional psychology. Would you like to touch on both of those areas? I would love to, because mental fitness is not always understood because it's not, it's not a typical coaching term out there. So my mental fitness definition, um, are the mindset exercises that I coach my clients with And they range in the following. The first ones that I teach people how to do are how to incorporate 90-second exercises, mental exercises, things they can do to basically, I call it brain trickery, to put themselves in a situation where they reduce their cortisol levels. So what I mean by that is I teach them how to master their mind using the input and there's several different exercises like this where they I teach them how, you know what to and how to input into their brains so that they trick their brains into a peaceful place or into a condition of lowered cortisol now why do I do that in 90 seconds you try to teach them a 90 second exercise because sometimes that's all you've got and sometimes that's all you 
are able to do in the beginning. The way mindfulness, it, there's a lot of mindfulness incorporated into that work, but a lot of mindfulness and meditation work, people often, again, feel like they failed because they didn't do seven minutes or 20 minutes of meditation. But when something is new, you have to start at the true starting point. And so I teach 90 seconds because, particularly when I taught this at Yale Med School, to these young doctors who were going into emergency room situations and having to go from case to case, often life-threatening, they would be able to do 90-second breaks to reduce their cortisol just enough so that their judgment when they walked in the hospital room and their energy level would be in a better space to accurately assess and engage with that patient. So mental fitness exercises range from those 90-second interventions to actually doing work with people to change the language that they've been using. The imprinting is what I call it, where words and experiences have imprinted automatic associations in their brains. So there's a knee-jerk reaction to a stimulus and a response that we're not aware of unless we take the time to be coached to become aware of it. And a lot of times those knee-jerk reactions keep us stuck in a stress brain condition. So it may sound lofty and complicated the way I just said it, but without you know diving in into too many details, <laughs> um, which is what the coaching program is about, I can assure you that assure you that everything is very practical and strategic when we get into it. But those are the concepts of mental fitness. That's terrific. And actually, as you were describing it, it, it reminded me a bit, and I think that you may uh, be drawing a little bit from your athlete bent about the way in which athletes train visualization. So while it may not be exactly the same thing that you're describing, it actually, in my mind, was very reminiscent. And I played sports as I was growing up. And you know, visualizing catching a ball or visualizing, you know, shooting and making a basket and the importance of that as part of the routine that you have as an athlete for, for training. So I'm not sure if it's the same, but it just reminded me of that. So that's absolutely true. So what I bring together in mental fitness exercises are things like visualization, neuro-linguistic programming, um, a technique called parts of a technique called EMDR, which is designed to help people deal with trauma. I use components of cognitive behavioral therapy, all these different tried and true evidence-based practices. I just put them kind of into, I pull out the most significant components that work together and make it very practical. And right now people can do it so that they don't need like long-term therapy to work through these issues. So how does nutrition, we had, we had touched on this topic, um, how does nutrition play into the framework um, with which you work on with your clients? And, and how, does it, how does nutrition impact our ability to work with and get past these, these chronic stressors in our lives? Okay, great. So I mentioned before that a lot of what I do is I redefine the terms. And so when I talk about nutrition, I'm not a nutritionist. I don't talk about nutrition from a fat loss or muscle building platform, which I do for myself, just not for other people. I redefine nutrition to look at how are we nourishing our most vital organ to serve us, which is our brains. Because the way we eat, natural, the way we use food and natural supplementation, a word that not everybody knows is called nootropics, N-O-O-T-R-O-P-I-C-S, 
it's the science of natural supplementation for brain health. The way we eat and nourish our brain will help to either reduce or increase chronic stress brain. And because it's hormone driven and hormones are not just about your sex drive. They're not just about your testosterone. Hormones are like the cortisol is a hormone. That's the stress chemical, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, norepinephrine. Those are the happy hormones in our brain that produce you know, pleasure feelings. So what happens is that people don't understand how certain patterns of eating and certain types of foods and supplements can really help reduce chronic stress. And I teach them all about that. So what are some of those things, some of the food, some of the, I guess, the mentality about nutrition, about how you take care of yourself in that realm? Give us some examples of that. So first of all, what happens oftentimes when people are overwhelmed with their work, and particularly we're talking about legal profession, a lot of the lawyers that I work with and the feedback that I get in the firms that I speak to is that there's not enough time to eat, right? Oh yeah. I've heard that one and I've said it myself a few times. Right. And so while intermittent fasting is a trend right now and it works for a lot of people and sometimes I do it too, that's not what we're talking about. When, when people are stressed out and they forget to eat or they don't have time to eat and they're running and running and running. And then what happens? They grab the, well, I haven't eaten all day, so now I can eat whatever I want. So I grab the candy bar, I grab the, you know, you name it, but it's usually a high carb or high sugar food because they're dying for food as a snack along the way. But even if you don't do that, the brain doesn't know the difference between external stress and internal stress. So when, our, when we don't feed ourselves, our bodies, right, and we don't eat, over time, the brain starts to say, hmm, I better protect myself because I'm not getting nutrients that I need. And so I'm going to, my cortisol is going to rise and I'm going to start protecting, which means that I'm also going to shut down body fat production. I'm going to shut down any extra use of calories that isn't essential to my survival. And so that's where, you know, the people say, well, I barely eat. I never have time to eat, but I'm not losing weight either. And, and you start to have physical decline. And that's because your body's trying to protect you. So the solution is to, I do a food mood assessment. Um, and I, what that basically means, the mood is about energy, focus, mood, meaning, you know, are you sad or happy or whatever? And I have them do that for three days and write down everything they ate for three days. It doesn't have to be three days in a row. And then we look at where were they most productive, where they have more focus, where some people are carb sensitive. And so they get really sluggish if they eat too many carbs and then their brain capacity isn't at its best. I don't know about you, but a lot of people find that around two o'clock, they want to take a nap. Oh yeah. Right? I still miss my law school naps. <laughs> yeah. So, so that happens in large part because of the chronic stress. And then also because if people have like a carb loaded lunch because they didn't eat yet all day, and so they have their big lunch because that's the only meal they've had so far, the body wants to take a nap. The brain wants to shut it down to digest all that food. And also people tend to use caffeine 
to stay stimulated. And around two o'clock, um, if they don't have the nutrients that they need for their brain to stay operationalized, they need more caffeine, you know, significantly at around two o'clock. So I teach people how to evaluate their energy level and their productivity and their moods, et cetera, and look at how to adjust their foods. It's not about a diet of removing you know, food and reducing calories. It's not like that. It's more usually what you have to add and looking at, are you having enough protein? Because protein is the only source of what's called L-theanine, a natural amino acid that helps to promote the happy chemicals in our brain. Um, and most people don't eat enough protein. So one of the first supplements I recommend usually is L-theanine. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. So, you know, it's interesting. We talked in our first segment together about this and we touched upon it again in the last few minutes. What impact does age have? You know, I've been doing this now, meaning practicing law for 25 years. And so obviously it's, it's interesting. I joke with some of my contemporaries that we can't pull the all-nighters or the nights of three or four hours of sleep, you know, day after day after day, the way that we used to. What impact as we age and you know approach middle age and beyond, particularly, what impact does the aging process and how it impacts our bodies have in terms of our ability to deal with things like stress? You know what? I love that question because us women, we get to talk about hormone changes a lot over you know over coffee. Right? Right, exactly. <laughs> so we know our doctors are open with us about, you know, hormone changes. We expect it. We go through it every single month and then we go through the biggest changes, you know, at a certain point. And everybody's talking about it. But the guys out there, new subject, and often one that they've never heard before. And this is so important. And doctors don't even talk with their patients, their male patients, about this enough and or a lot of times not even accurately because they say to men for example if and we're talking about in this case testosterone hormones not cortisol and all those other ones that i was talking about in the brain this is this is the age related hormone testosterone for men and women and men over the age of 38 really, but let's say 40, start to have a decline in their testosterone levels. And they might often experience the same symptoms that you have from depression. And by the way, I didn't mention this before, but it is critically important to, to mention that when people are malnourishing their brain, and I don't mean third world country malnourishing, I'm talking about just not nourishing their brains the way we were talking about a minute ago to to fuel it with the greatest resources for cognitive functioning. Believe it or not, nutritional deficits have the exact same symptoms as depression. But doctors will more often say, here's an antidepressant versus let's look at your nutrition. And because they don't know, or it's right. not where they're trained. So the same thing is true with hormones. Men will have low testosterone and start to feel you know, the symptoms of that being loss of passion, loss of focus, lower energy. And we're not just talking about in the bedroom, we're talking about in the boardroom or the courtroom, right? Where they need to perform with their cognitive functioning intact. 
and they need to have a certain level of energy and focus and drive to their work. So a doctor will say if they have, you know, 400 to to 700, let's say, well, that's normal for your age. Okay, yes. And when us ladies have hormone changes that are normal for our age, our doctors say, well, you know what? There's modern medicine to help you with that. And we adjust our hormones so we don't have all the symptoms. There's modern medicine to help men too, but doctors are not as familiar or comfortable with it. And so they don't bring that up. But hormone management is an important piece of taking care of your brain and managing stress and staying vital and thriving in your career as much as it is in your romantic life. And these are things that a simple blood test can help figure out, right? You better believe it. I have some trusted resources um, and people can contact me if I give recommendations for the people that I truly trust to explore these kinds of things with, because it's not my area of expertise to, obviously I'm not a hormone medicine practitioner, but I do understand the implications. And I also know natural ways of helping to protect and preserve your hormone balance in your brain. Well, you've given us a lot to think about in that aspect and and everything that we've been talking about. And our time is going by quickly, which leads me to my next question, which is you are in, incredibly knowledgeable, have, a, have wonderful experience in working with people on the issues that we've talked about and well beyond. In all the years of your research and coaching and partnering with individuals as well as institutional clients, what are some of the biggest lessons that you have taken away from those experiences in, in, in terms of the issues that people are dealing with, how to combat them, and so forth? Thank you for asking that. So the biggest fundamental issue that spans the audiences that you were just talking about are that people lose sight of their whole self. They become compartmentalized in a role. And the way I phrase it is that parts of self go dormant and we become less vital. And so what my work does, whether it's with whole organizations or individuals, is it revitalizes by really bringing back up all parts of self so that you can input into your career all of your natural gifts and really own it um, instead of being owned by a role. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. And I think a lot of it is just the way that life progresses and the different roles that people have and um, having families, careers, other responsibilities. I would imagine that that's a big part of why that phenomenon happens. Yeah, it is. And there's also, there's fear of, of losing jobs these, you know, over the last decade, it's been frightening, not longer. And so what I hear a lot is that people are fearful about not having their job, even if they've been in it for a while. There's this underlying, again, going back to the knee-jerk responses that I talked about before, there's this imprinting. And what happens, it's, it's kind of like the proverbial midlife crisis where people wait, they say, oh my God, is this it? Is this all that life is? And they want to quit at some level. And they struggle with that internal conflict, which causes, of course, more stress. That's absolutely right. Um, and I, I think, you know, whether it's weight loss or whether it's dealing with stress when you, and meditating and mindfulness, if you focus too much on those things and 
how how you feel you're either progressing or not, that in and of itself induces stress. Yeah. And then I think the last thing I would say is that what matters to companies is the bottom line. Almost every single time, whether it's a law practice or a financial firm or a corporation of a different kind. And, you know, are we making money or are we not? And I wish that people would appreciate as much that if they don't take care of particularly their employees' brain health, <laughs> that right. the productivity factor is going to be impacted. That's where the bottom line, you know, becomes impacted. And so one of the things that I do with companies overall is help them to actually change, for example, what's available by their coffee machine and water cooler in their staff lounge or whatever it is. Um, because having certain foods available make allow people to nourish their brains properly throughout the day. And they're not more cost, you know, more costly either. There's simple ways to do it. The donuts and candy and uh, other things that tend to be brought in because they're special treats actually sabotage performance. And that totally makes sense. And um, I've noticed that in my own workplace, as well as other um, workplaces that I visited of clients, for example, where there's a really conscious effort uh, to have more nutritious and better foods and also to have different information posted around those common areas where people eat or purchase food on, on the work, you know, in the workplace um, to just be more mindful of the types of foods that they're eating as well as different ways to exercise and engage in physical fitness. And just again, though, usually those ways of exercise and engaging in physical fitness hasn't considered that people who are overwhelmed or chronically stressed really don't have the space in their heads or they can't envision how to incorporate something new. And so what I would love for people to, to end with and to, to take hold of is that they can learn ways to connect with their, their brain and body, a whole new mind body connection thing where they can actually do some of these exercises that I teach for physical connection and conditioning and empowering at their desks. And again, in like two minutes, and they do it throughout the day and they start to develop a new mental connection with their muscles that then they start to have greater confidence and ability space to implement the next level of fitness. Sounds great. And I think that our listeners are going to have to contact you to get more information about what these uh, exercises look like and a lot of the other things that we've touched on during our time together. Sure thing. I would love it. So what's next for you? We talked a little bit about your docudrama, yeah. which it sounds like it isn't, it isn't quite out yet, but why don't you tell us a little bit more about that and when it will be released and what else is coming up for you? Okay. So the docudrama is not near being released. I have a team of entertainment lawyers that absolutely love it. And what I, the, the only thing that I'm waiting for at this point is the funding to make it happen. But the story is great and the support and feedback is phenomenal. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, Well, good luck with that. Thank you. And then for me, I am doing a lot of speaking gigs over the next half a year. Um, I'm taking my program uh, and potentially creating it into a curriculum to be used by schools so that we start at younger years, which is exciting to me with mental fitness and nutritional psychology. I'm available throughout the country because I work remotely. 
with people as well. That's fantastic. So we've just had such a wonderful conversation and I've really enjoyed our time together. And I'm sure that our listeners have really enjoyed it as well. Do you have any closing thoughts that you would like to share with them about our time together today and where can they find you? Yeah. So you know what? My wish is that the stigma associated with depression, anxiety, addiction, all of that, we can kind of toss it out the window and understand that those are symptoms that are obvious because we're not always able to recognize the chronic stress condition that our brain is experiencing leading up to it. And so those symptoms are the red flags. Sometimes there's pink flags that come before it that we can pay attention to, but please reach out and and understand that those symptoms can be alleviated. There are many resources for you. I can be one of them. I can help you find other resources. I have a huge network of support people and brilliant human beings in every state, pretty much. So if you want to work with me, you can email me, ava at avadiamondmentalfitness.com. And if you want to find resources close to you, I can help you with that too. Thank you so much, Ava. It's really been a pleasure and honor to have this time with you. Thank you. I'm really, really grateful. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Paradigm Shift. We hope that you've enjoyed the second part of our conversation with Ava Diamond and that you will join us next week for our new episode. I'm your host, Christina Martini. Please look for our weekly episodes every Tuesday. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please visit us at www.paradigmshiftshow.com. We would love to hear from you. Please look for new episodes of Paradigm Shift every Tuesday.